Welcome to Introductions. I'm Austin Wilman. Today I talk with Olivia from Bolivia. She's from a little town called Santa Cruz de la Sierra. And we talk about her journey from there to the rest of the world, traveling to Southeast Asia and Thailand and Vietnam and now Malaysia. We talk about how it's so frustrating when things don't happen on your own timeline and how if you just sit and remain present with these things that let you down in your own timeline, you can actually learn the lesson much faster and the universe's timeline will bring opportunities into your life for you where you didn't expect it. We talk about how your efforts to gain control over something in your life will actually push the thing that you desire further away and how surrendering control can actually bring that control back into your life. We talk about consciousness and being aware of your thoughts and how actually the ego is not always a bad thing and that the ego is often the thing that holds us back from doing what we want, but just by a simple awareness, we can flip that thought and use the ego to leverage ourselves and to get what we want. I love this episode. Olivia is so in touch with her intelligence, with the, her heart, her soul, the world around her, and she helps people connect through their body, mind, and soul through yoga. This is a great episode. Be sure to share this with your friends, and you're going to love it. So you grew up in Bolivia, thus the Olivia from Bolivia name, which is now your podcast name. Yeah. How was it growing up? Uh, it was beautiful. I had a really blessed childhood, uh, very loving parents. Mm, I only having left Bolivia have I realized how blessed I was in just feeling safe and I could ride my bicycle and, you know, go out and about and not have to worry about safety and, you know, issues that people who perhaps live in very dense, you know, densely populated places like San, cities. Santa Cruz de la Sierra. Santa Cruz de la Sierra. I'm working on my airs. You're doing great. <laughs> need to eat more guacamole and you'll be fine, which is Mexican, by the way. So, <laughs> so when did you leave Bolivia? I left when I was your age. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm 27. All right, all right. Let's not yeah. let's uh, not expose the age gap here. Eps. It's, not that it matters anyway. I, yeah, I, I was 27 and I always just felt this deep calling and yearning to leave. I was even, Was it Okay, so my question right there is was it a yearning to leave and get away or was it a yearning to be attracted somewhere else? I just felt like there's so much more to explore. It mm. wasn't like oh I need out of here cuz I am trapped. In a way, yes. Like I think that that's what pushed me out as well was like the feeling of I felt like this is limited. Like, why is it that I feel like I don't belong here, you know? And um, and on the outside, everything was fine. I had, like I say, I had a very loving family, supportive. I went to the best school. This is why I speak English to the American school. It's called the CCS, Santa Cruz Cooperative School. Um, so there was really no reason, apparently, to want to leave Bolivia. On the outside, everything on the, on everything outside. looked good. Yeah, and everything in fact, most off. of my, my classmates, because I went to this American school, left and went to study in the U.S. And after some of them finished their studies and some of them lasted a year or two. And then they're like, oh, you know, I want back. Like, you know, they wanted to be the big fish in the, you know, the in analogy the small in the small pond. Ah, Whereas I, I always felt like I always looked at that and thought like, man, like, don't you want to be an individual? Like that was always in the back of my mind when I looked at people who made it because, oh, my uncle is like, you know, like the owner of this business or my cousin or all, you know, rela relationships and connections. And that's how people 
got themselves into a better position and so forth. But I always thought like, do you not want to make it on your own? Like, do you not want to prove yourself on your own? See, this is a, an interesting concept that is brought up. You say, don't you want to be an indi individual and make it for yourself? I feel like if I were a big fish in a small pond, then I could feel more empowered as an individual and more people would want to follow me because of my my status status or my social status, as opposed to me saying, okay, I want to be an individual. Therefore, I'm going to move to New York City with 8 million people and get pushed to the bottom of the barrel. Mm. Therefore, like it doesn't matter how much of an individual I am. I, I still feel like, you know, individuality is the norm, I guess. Yeah. And I, that makes sense. I hear you. What I mean by this is I didn't want to be connected to or associated with like, oh, this is your last name or, oh, this is like the family that you come from, right? Or was, that, these, was that big in Bolivia? It, it still is. Of really? course. Absolutely. So it's last a very tight-knit community, especially because it's like middle upper class, right? This school, like I told you, is very like posh. So, you know, you, you grow up playing golf and playing tennis and like country club lifestyle, really. So the jet set, right? Wow. And I didn't want to be like associated like that you know and maybe it was a blessing in disguise that like at that time in my life like my my family went through a, a deep economic crisis and so I like didn't have that as a fallback you know to be like well you know I can always just try and if it doesn't work out I can always move back and you know my parents will buy me a house anyways which is very much so the mentality you know mm -hmm. it's very entitled which you know now I have come to peace with it I'm not no longer holding like resentment towards that, you know, lifestyle. But I, I guess that with, with what I was saying is I wanted to leave in order to detach from the associations of ABC, like the tags, so to speak. And just to, to be like, who am I? Like truly what, like for me to claim and say, this is my truth. Here are my core values. And this is what makes me me. Not because you tell me so, or because my society tells me so, or my parents or my friends but because this is what I define as my truth. Mm. And I think that I needed to get lost, not in New York City, mm -hmm. but in Kuala Lumpur, mm -hmm. you know, and go through my journey of going through Vietnam and so forth in order to, to really put the pieces together of who I am. Which came first? Would the you chicken or the egg? No. <laughs> 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 no, which came first? The fact that you were like, my values don't align with this culture or was it like, I don't know what my values are, therefore I need to move to a different culture in order to find those values? I mean, mm -hmm. you, you said you became self-aware that this wasn't really the place for you and you wanted to gain your individuality. At, at what point did you start to become aware of that and say, I don't belong here, I need to go somewhere else? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question, actually. And I think that in, in my journey of consciousness and evolution, if I had known already, like, oh, these are not my values, then that would have implied that I knew what my values were. Mm -hmm. So I just felt a sense of mm, being disturbed and being unsettled with the status quo. I didn't quite know why. I didn't know how to put names to it. But I just knew, like, it doesn't sit well. Like, I remember going when I was, like, maybe 17, 18, going out partying with my friends. And I would go out and I would have a good time. Like, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm suffering here. But like in the back of my mind, the question was always like, is this it? Like, mm -hmm. is this all that we have to yearn for? Like as women to be seen by the one dude that, you know, is your crush on that given weekend or whatever, you know, it's like, is this it? Like you're going to fight with three other women because, oh, who's the prettiest one? It just didn't like it. It didn't make sense to me. 
some people's lives, they feel like there's a, a step-by-step ascension into finally they, they reach like step number six or something and they move to a new country and they kind of continue moving up that, up that incremental ladder. But for other people, they feel this, this frustration and this grit and this friction. And then finally a point happens and they snap and then they move and they radically change their life. Which, if you were to say, which of those two was your case? Um, it, it wasn't radical, you know? Like, it was a big lesson came up for me, which was if you try to escape and, and not face your current reality, whatever that is for you, you will never find peace elsewhere. It's not like the grass is greener syndrome, right? Which is what initially was happening with me. It's like, I got to leave because, like, it's got to be better elsewhere, Right. And it was, and, and the doors just kept like, the more that I tried, the, you know, the more that I wanted that thing, we were talking about this the other day, the more it evades you. And so the more I felt like, oh, it's just, it's not happening in my timing. So then I decided, okay, well, maybe, maybe I'm just going to be born and raised and die in Bolivia. Okay. How do I make peace with that? And so I started to find joy in my reality at that point, my current reality. And I started to open up to a different circle of friends and started to find hobbies for myself that were new at that time. Um, And I started to enjoy life. And guess what? The opportunity to leave for Vietnam for a job in Vietnam just opened up like that. I didn't even have to look for it. It came, you know, to my door, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, this must be a sign. And that was it. And I took it as a sign and I completely embarked on it. So yeah. Thank you, people who are writing comments. I see yeah, that you are active. Here. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah. Jim, do you feel you needed to leave to find that lost mental versus physical? Hey, Jim. <laughs> we know Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess my... So what you bring up there is this sense of letting go and the sense of surrender. Yes. And I feel that there are many people or I've heard that many people really lose control of their lives because they want to control it so much. So what other, what, now that you're conscious of that, now looking back, you can say, Oh wow. As soon as I, I don't want to say gave up, but as soon as I stopped, as soon as I surrendered to something, then all the opportunities opened up for me. Do you think that there's some sort of systematic way that we can become self-aware that we're trying to control our situation and, consciously surrender Mm -hmm. so that opportunities open what do you think of this so if i hear your question right like is there an exercise is there a systematic way is what i hear yeah hear you say so anybody who's listening to this who's feeling in like they're not in control and the more that they're not in control the tighter they try and grip what's something we can do to help them it's just, I think it comes with awareness and emotional maturity, honestly. And this is not something that you just like overnight, you know, you download an app and you're like, okay, and I'm done. You know, it takes, it's a lifelong practice of going back to ask, like being insightful, like turning yourself inward, you know, and it takes, to be honest, the word that comes up is humility, you know, because if you think that you know it all, you come from a place of ego, then there, you think that there's nothing wrong with you and it's the world that is wrong. Mm. And the world, is, and you're the victim. But when you decide to, like the word surrender, what comes to mind is, is an opening of the heart and understanding that divine timing. And I mean, divine, I use a very loose, loose term because whether you believe in God, divinity, whatever universe, 
but like just that your timing is is not to be is not something that you can impose on others or on circumstances in your life and that if you try like i was just talking to a friend of mine on my podcast uh, olivia from bolivia that yeah that expectations are a sure way of of creating pain for yourself because then you are attaching to a desired outcome that might or might not happen right so as opposed to surrender which is a beautiful word surrender is not the same as giving up giving up is like oh well fuck this it doesn't work oh, part in the language it doesn't work like i'm done and again it might come from a place of ego like oh this is bigger than my, than me but surrender to me it's a it's a way of softening in your life that it doesn't mean it's not going to happen it just means i align and i flow and i open up to maybe something greater a greater opportunity you know we oftentimes hear like oh when a door closes like another one opens right and we are sometimes so like holding on to the one thing that we in our very limited mind frame think like it has to be that way and when we finally are like you know what i have tried i have given it all my effort and it just it doesn't align and you let it go something even greater opens up you know think of a position at work where you're like very much hoping, I am. like i, am I, I know i know that you're thinking because i know right so we know what we're talking about, but like you are oh, like, this is so much what I want. I've been working for this. Boom. And all of a sudden it's out of your control. Again, yep. that word. Yep. You can't do anything because someone higher than you, so to speak, is like choosing. And it's like, oh, well, this is what the team has decided, you know, name, whatever. Like the system is not, you know, but then you're like, okay, so you have the option to hold on and, you know, be like hold a grudge or be resentful or feel guilty. Or you can choose to flow with it and be like, okay, maybe that's not the divine timing. And then what happens? When you surrender, oftentimes the lesson is incorporated right there and then. And you move faster. Yeah. And you evolve faster. And guess what? Something bigger, greater, magical happens in your life. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm talking of about. Course, exactly. Of course. And I, I really like this concept that you bring up about the ego and how it's, how it's tied to your timing. This is not happening and not that it will never happen, but the ego says it needs to happen right now on my timeline. Yeah. But the world will continue to happen no matter what you expect or what you want, right? Yeah. So I think that's something really key for people to understand is that your timeline is all in your head yeah. and it doesn't affect the rest of the world. Uh-huh. No, like nothing Nothing is affected by the way that you expect things should be. Well, there are the natural laws of the universe, right? And like we, we like the Indians call it karma, like you know, in, in Vedic tradition. And karma is just like the law of cause and effect, you know. And they say that if you have accumulated enough karma, you know, like so to speak, like positive credits, then things will happen much easier. And so people say, "Oh, you're so lucky." Who knows? You know, we are so limited in in what we know of life. So. Not to get super deep into the philosophy, but okay, you're super distracting me now. <laughs> well, my but, computer is like um, burning up and it's going to die. Uh, yes, yes. I will technical prob- problem. I will probably die someday. Yes. We all will. But uh, we got other lives as well. So. Okay. Um, so what was I saying? Indians and karma? Ah, uh, yes. So, again, um, because the ego is a construct of the, of the mind, right? then you want to funnel things through your understanding. And the understanding from the mind, I believe, is limited. As opposed to the knowing, for example, in your heart that, hey, if if you sit, and again, I go back to my really very recent podcast about uh, living from your standards. 
And when you live from your standards, you know your core values. Like, I will not tolerate this because this is my standard. Like, in, in relationships, I want to feel... Uh, I want to feel held, I want to feel listened to, heard, whatnot, right? So you know your standard. And this, I think, comes from a place of soul, a place of your center, your heart. So again, going back to the original thing is when you surrender, you allow that heart space to open and to, to live in, and to live really from your heart as opposed to, you know, being a control freak. Like I have battled a lot in my life with this because I was raised very much like the mind is so important. Like my dad reads avidly like he reads the same way that my mom watches soap operas like five <laughs> at a time she'd be like oh it's seven o'clock like I've got this one on this channel and that one on that channel my dad has like piles of books mm -hmm. like the ones that this computer is sitting on <laughs> and he reads like one at 5 p.m and one at seven and one's on like sociology philosophy and so like the mind I, I grew up thinking like the mind is it's like it's your power your superpower mm -hmm. but the more that I walk my path the more I discovered the mind is a servant it's not that the mind is evil, not at all. And, and people think that ego is also evil. It's not. You need to know how to use it. It's a tool. Mm -hmm. But the more that I live, the more I understand, like, to really honor my emotions. Because the emotions, to me, are the cursor of life as telling you, are you living your truth? Or are you out of alignment with your truth? And when you surrender, you allow this to happen, to live from the heart. So you bring up the ego. It's something I am fascinated with. And you also just mentioned that the mind is a tool. And I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. Putting these two together, I know that there are parts in both of our lives where we've taken action and, and stepped forward in what we think is, or before we even get there, there have been situations that we've either put ourselves in or have happened for us where we don't feel like we're ready to do it. Mm. And either we stop ourselves we stop from taking that action or we say, you know what? I'm not ready and I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think the ego is responsible for both of those things. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm fully aligned with this and I'm so scared that I'm going to fail. That's the ego saying, I'm afraid to fail. And then there's also, I'm not completely ready for this. And other people know I'm not completely ready for this, but my ego will even step in and say, you know what? I can do this. So like you said, the ego is not always a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just no. a tool. Right. So if you have, if you're hearing your ego and you're, you know what is right, and you're putting yourself in a situation, maybe where you're not 100% ready for something. Just remember, if something is holding you back, it's the same thing that's going to move you forward. Mm -hmm. Just leverage it in a different way. Mm -hmm. I know you've maybe put yourself in situations or situations have happened for you mm -hmm. where you're not completely ready. What did you learn from some of those situations? Oh my God, that it's that we are so powerful, so capable yeah. beyond what we think we are. Hmm. Like, you know, it's like you're, you're pushed into the ocean only to discover that you could swim all along. Like I told you this recently, mm -hmm. our friend, any posted it. And I thought that was beautiful. Like mm -hmm. as a punchline, I was like, wow. So thank you. Any of you're watching or will eventually, um, yeah, like, you know, when someone pushes you, so to speak, it, whether it's like a human, a person or a situation that puts you in that position, in that place of like, my God, I need to somehow adapt and survive. Right. So um, think or float, they say. And I've learned that I am very capable and that I, I am resilient and also that I have um, a large network of people readily 
available to assist me. Like we are never alone. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you are like, I've, I've been through divorce, I've been through moving countries and changing jobs and like not being comfortable in one or another job, like so many different situations in life. And every time I've had, you know, a tribe, I've had soul people come, even if it's just for the day that I needed to talk to someone or a week or they were in passing, traveling. And these people come to our lives to assist us like angels, really, to help us move forward and through, you know. I What is this saying that I found is so beautiful is the way across is through. Mm -hmm. The way to get across your fears, like to the other side, is not mm -hmm. to jump or fly or somehow mm -hmm. go around, but it's to go through it. And so, and this is, again, tying it to the most recent conversation I had in my podcast. But I like it's such, it's so much synchronicity. It it's beautiful that uh, sometimes we go through the dark night of the soul, it's called, or some people, we, we phrased it as a living hell, mm. where it's like you go down to, you know, the deep end and the pits of where you feel like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I couldn't be lower in my life. Like, I feel worthless, whatever, whether it's money, a relationship, breaking up, losing your job, getting fired, mm -hmm. all these things that are big fucking, like, earthquakes. Mm -hmm. And it is sometimes in those precise moments when you are tested. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because what are you going to do? You just can't, like, you can cry. How long are you going to cry? Eventually, mm -hmm. you know, someone needs to get up and clean the space. <laughs> yeah. Mark Manson says in his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, there's right. something that really stood out to me was the, the, the differentiation between fault and responsibility. There's something that could happen that's not your fault, but it's still your responsibility. He uses the analogy of, let's say you hear a knock at the door and you open the door and there's a baby in a carriage at your doorstep. And he says, that's not your fault, but now it's your responsibility mm -hmm. or that's your karma. Again, going back to that can be, or like people, people where something they think happens to them. Mm -hmm. Like let's say someone you love gets in a car accident and dies. Yeah. Right. That's not your fault. It's not their fault either. But now you're responsible for how you respond to that and your own feelings. Yeah. 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 Um, again, I go back to it. It is karma because based on the law of attraction, you know, and I'm, I'm currently reading a book called Ask and It Is Given by written by a spirit itself. But it's uh, Abraham Hicks. And uh, it talks about how we we choose we almost we, we attract into our lives the lessons that we need in order to accelerate our growth. Mm -hmm. And so even though apparently it's like, oh, can you imagine this happened to me? Like blah, blah, blah. on some level, you needed that lesson to teach you something. Right. So then this is the power. It's as we were talking earlier about becoming conscious is like you need to like, as I'm reading this book, I'm becoming so aware of my every moment of how I'm funneling my thoughts. Like, what are the things that are coming? What are those shadows that are popping up again and be like, you're not good enough. Or like, oh, he like, nah, nah, fear of this, fear of that. Limiting beliefs mm -hmm. because we are so conditioned. And through becoming aware, then I can choose the course of that thought. Therefore, the thought doesn't translate into an emotion that takes place in my body that causes me to react in a way that creates a habit. Mm -hmm. So it's like a chain of events. And it all starts from the seed of the thought, mm -hmm. right? So becoming aware, then you, it, like you basically create your life mm -hmm. as opposed to just, oh, I'm a victim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the realization that I am not my thoughts. 
I can just the sheer fact, this is what we mean guys by consciousness and awareness is that when you sit in meditation, you're not the one thinking your thoughts. They're just happening, right? Thoughts are happening. You can't predict them. You can't control them, but you can sit and become aware and say, ah, oh, that's interesting. My foot is cold. I didn't make it cold, but I'm aware that my foot is chilly. Mm -hmm. Just as in a situation where somebody says, hey man, you suck at this job. And my immediate reaction is, oh no, I'm not. And it's a defense. You didn't think that thought. It happened to you. Mm -hmm. And now you can, if the first step is becoming aware that, ah, I get defensive when people poke at me and say, I'm not good at something. It's that separation of mm -hmm. yourself from thoughts mm -hmm. and becoming a loving witness and, and looking and looking at these thoughts as they happen. So exactly what you can say, what you said, now that you're aware of these thoughts that are coming in, you can direct them and say, okay, Hey man, you really suck at this thing. You can either say, Oh no, I don't and get defensive. Or now that you're aware of it, you can direct that thought into a more constructive thing and say, wow, why is this person saying this to me? Now I can open myself up and receive and surrender right. my need to hold on to this ego of I must be good at everything or whatever the case yeah. is, whatever the situation right. is. And on that note, even when someone says something that comes across as nasty, that like 99% of the times it has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Like people are, are, we're all so much in our own heads trying to just make life happen for us, you know, mm -hmm. trying to be happy and be wealthy and whatever it is that is your standard of life right and so oftentimes it's not about you it's just people's reaction and if you take it personally well then therefore you create you know suffering and expectation mm -hmm. so that's just a note because i think that it's super important like a lot of us take it so personally like she said this to me like can you believe a water and you start to judge the person for what they said to you mm -hmm. because you're judging that oh how dare they you know again the ego mm -hmm. so yeah, again, being aware, awareness, awareness, awareness. This is the one word. If people are like, what have you learned in 10 years of practicing yoga? Well, two words, I would say, pardon my language, fucking awareness. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Like Separately it's not, it's or not is, even, that, is that one thing? It's, it's, it's a compound word. Okay. Fucking awareness. Okay. Hashtag <laughs> fucking awareness. I was like, hmm. Interesting. It's, uh, I know you're getting a tantra workshop. It's not even, oh, uh -huh. don't even get me started. <laughs> it's not even about the poses. It's not about, you know, it's just living consciously living awake that's it mm -hmm. one of my friends said observing your thoughts is likened to us looking out our window right now at the highway and watching the cars go by and you can see the car but when you're inside the car it's m much more difficult to see that there are thousands of other cars that are all having their own thing and it's all part of a bigger ecosystem much larger than you but when you can remove yourself from that stream of traffic you can see that ah this one's just passing by Mm. And it will it will not stay. Another another kind of analogy, I think, when we're talking about surrendering and and instead of like being aware and pushing things outward and saying like, oh, this opportunity happened or something happened to me. If people are saying this is happening to me and not for me, you're putting yourself on the ground. It's like us looking. Um, if you're becoming present with all your thoughts and you're becoming present with your life, things happen much faster. If you can sit and say, I'm offended right now, but I'm going to stick with this feeling and I'm going to be completely present and try and learn from it. You will zoom on, learn that lesson and another opportunity will open on the universe's timeline much quicker than if you were to say, 
I'm not going to sit with this. I'm going to zoom up to the stratosphere and look down on this. How fast does everything look on the ground when you're way up in the airplane looking down at the earth? It looks like you're moving super, super slow. Everything's going so slow. But when you're actually down on ground level and you're living with it and everything is happening and you're observing it in the present, I'm, I'm using the present as like being on the ground as opposed to being uh, Hi. unpresent as in, in the sky. When you're on the ground, things move by so much faster. That's why time flies when you're having fun. It's the sense of egolessness, the sense of selflessness, timelessness, effortlessness, because you're fully present. Imagine if you're, you love to play football or soccer to us Americans. Yeah. You, uh, two hours can go by and you're like, oh my gosh, you went by in 10 minutes because you're so in the moment flow. and present and in flow as opposed to when, oh, I hate writing this, whatever it is. Uh, I don't even, I don't even know. I hate plucking these plants. And then it, you've only done it for 15 minutes and it feels like two hours because you're trying to put yourself elsewhere. And that's when you're up in the plane and you're like, things are going by so slow because I'm elsewhere. And you know, I'm, the I'm so far away. Of, like if you read, there yeah. are so many books out there by, by saints even. And they say like that the ultimate form of, of, um, of grace almost is making everything sacred. And this is Tantra, by the way, speaking of this workshop that I have coming up uh, in like a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. is people think that, and I mean, side note, but people think that Tantra is all about sexuality only. And no, it's using everything that's around you uh, as manifestation for your upliftment, liberation, your moksha, whatever you want to call it, right? So if it is your time and your responsibility and your duty you know, chosen duty to pluck the plants because, well, you have choice, right? You, you either don't pluck the plants or you do pluck the plants. If you don't, what will happen? And then off you go on that line. And if you do, what will happen? And so it's always a choice, right? We choose, but then we all, we, we love drama, you know? And so it's like, oh, I have to do this. I have to go to work. I have to, whatever people who have kids, I have to pick up the kids from love, but you have a choice. What if you didn't pick up your kids, for example, from soccer, Mm -hmm. okay so they're gonna sleep wherever at school and what and so that's gonna create this and, and on it goes and it unravels a certain scenario a as opposed to scenario b so what i'm bringing now to the attention is like you always have choice and uh yeah and and also scenario previous that i was talking about is to 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 sanctify the most mundane things like what if you become so aware that the act of preparing a meal for your loved one is not just like oh man like he's gonna come back home and he's gonna be hungry i might as well prepare him a sandwich like there is an attitude and an energy an energetic charge that is behind that as opposed to oh how beautiful that i can do this for my partner because he's had a long day at work oh he'll be so surprised when he comes in he's not expecting this like ah and it comes with a very different energetic charge which is of love mm -hmm. and of giving mm -hmm. right and how that is received so yeah. It's all about energy, isn't it? It is. Olivia, thank you so much. We're going to wrap this up. Mm -hmm. And it's always a pleasure chatting with you and, and digging into not only your intelligence, but also your centeredness. And, and I think you're really in touch with yourself and you're really in touch with the soul and the heart. So thank you again for being here. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Our goal with introductions is to enhance your human experience on the inside on the outside and everywhere in between so if anything resonated with this conversation with olivia from bolivia please share it with a friend 
to your loved ones, to the people you don't love, so maybe they can gain some clarity about themselves or about the world around them and their relationships and elevate everybody else's life along with that. I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram at intro to Austin or my Facebook page, Austin Wilman Official. I'll also link to Olivia Olivia's podcast at Olivia from Bolivia. You can find her information to connect with her at connect at oliviamercado.com. And anything else that we mentioned as far as resources, books, or anything else will be in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening. And remember, we bring people together with introductions.